If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mike Pence, you know who he is? He was Donald Trump's vice president. Boy, if you don't, welcome to talk radio. Um, Let's start with the basics. I got it. We live in the United States of America. I got to admit, though, I just if it was such an afterthought. I mean, to me, I just I, I don't think of the Trump Pence administration. It's the Trump administration. Pence was he had to have somebody. It's in the Constitution, right? <laughs> I feel like anyway, he's going to run for the nomination to try to be president, and he's running as a conservative, like what a conservative was up until five years ago. Um, and uh, we can run through the list of things and see if it tickles your fancy. It's interesting. I don't know if you can get the nomination mm. running like that. But Long shot, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things we could bring you, including this article from the New York Times, coastal cities priced out low-wage workers. Now college graduates are leaving too. And it's about the inflow and outflow of college grads, white-collar workers, uh, to various cities and regions. And it is something. They are fleeing the big coastal cities, the blue cities in particular. Um, But we're not going to talk about that, at least not now, because I thought this was even more compelling from the Wall Street Journal. The uh, title of the article is The Disappearing White-Collar Job, a -a once-in-a-generation convergence of technology and pressure to operate more efficiently has corporations saying many lost jobs may never return. So, uh, define white-collar job. I've never said that before. What is a white-collar job? Oh, gosh. Anything where you work in an office? I've heard them described as uh, knowledge workers. Um, You don't... It's a bit of an anachronism. You don't work with your back. You work with your brain. Of course, everybody works with their brain. Um, Uh, It's a bit of an anachronism in that not near as many people wear white shirts anymore. 
It's kind of like saying roll down your windows, which we'll say forever, even though nobody's rolling anything. Um, uh, but so, yeah, I guess, is it any job indoors? No, because you work in a factory indoors. That's not a white-collar job. You know, uh, this is obviously a time-consuming tangent you've led us on, but it's an interesting <laughs> It's well, an just, interesting question. I think we know them when we see them, right? I think. I've just I just it just occurred to me maybe I'm off track of what a white collar job is. I'm gonna look that up Here while it you is. talk. Here it is. Here's the definition. If you really sprained your ankle, could you do your job the next day? I like that one. That's a good way to describe it. You work with your brain, not your back. I don't know. According to workable, whatever that is. Oh, they would know. A white <laughs> White-collar workers are those who work in an office. The name comes from older times when office workers usually wore white-collared shirts to work. Oh, it was a coin by Upton Sinclair. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you one thing. Uh, old Andrew Yang was right about how the pace of change in technology and industry, the economy, as supercharged by AI, um, is going to cause such rapid change Workers are not going to be able to adjust quickly enough in a lot of cases, I think, which is uh, that's a little frightening. I'll bet a lot of you younger folks are thinking, yeah, great, fabulous. I've learned this skill. You're telling me it might go away. It might. And that's why Andrew Yang was so much about universal basic income, uh, because you can't ask somebody to go from a computer programmer to a carpenter to an ear, nose and throat guy. <laughs> Gal, whatever, in the space of, you know, 10 years. I was a carpenter. Now I'm an ear, nose, and throat guy. Here's my drill. Right. Hold still. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying. I mean, I don't, I just, uh, well, the, it's, it's all The world's always been this way, but it's just the pace is different. Exactly, yeah. You could, uh, the, 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 um, uh, knowing how to tan hides turn a hide into leather Mm. was probably a useful skill for about 20,000 years. Right. You know, and it's changed very slowly. Now things are going to, you know, you learn how to do something and uh, six months later, nobody needs it. Right. Yeah. And the hot, hot, hot career of two years ago. Learn to code. Be a computer coder. Right. Might be dead in two years from now. Oh, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So I'll hit you with just a little bit of this. For generations of Americans, a corporate job was a path to stable prosperity. No more. The jobs lost in a months-long cascade of white-collar layoffs triggered by overhiring and rising interest rates might never return, corporate executives and economists say. Companies are rethinking the value of many white-collar roles in what some experts anticipate will be a permanent shift in labor labor demand that will disrupt the work life of millions of Americans whose jobs will be lost, diminished, or revamped partly through the use of artificial intelligence. Said the former chief digital officer at McDonald's N. Volvo, Quote, we may be at the peak for the need for knowledge workers. We just need fewer people to do the same thing. We're at the peak for knowledge workers. Yeah, which means we're uh, passing it. Wow. You won't need people with knowledge anymore. Long after- That's, I mean, that is as disruptive as anything that's practically happened on planet Earth. Since the Industrial Revolution. And much, much faster. Wow. If I'm running a stable... For horses in an urban environment, 
I see the first car, and I see a few more, and then I see a bunch of cars, and then everybody's got a damn car. That took years and years and years and years. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. This is going to be, who knows? By next year. Could be. Long after robots became began taking manufacturing jobs, artificial intelligence is now coming for the higher-ups, accountants, software programmers, human resources specialists, and lawyers, and converging with unyielding pressure on companies to operate more efficiently. And they give some examples. And you, you ought to throw in, I, this wouldn't have made any difference I in the long run, I suppose, but it certainly hurried it along. This belief that every job should pay a minimum uh, a living wage, that you deserve, you know, a year maternity leave for the husband and the wife and all these different things. Certainly hurry it along. OK, fine. I'll get a, I'll get a robot to do it. Right. Right. Uh, they mentioned uh, Mark Zuckerberg told employees after the Facebook parents latest round of layoffs that many jobs aren't coming back because new technologies will allow the company to operate more efficiently. IBM, a uh, similar thing. AI would allow employees to better contribute to their companies by doing more meaningful work. You wouldn't have to slog through the, the grunt work nearly as much. But that means, you know, instead of you three people, a third of which uh, of your time is always grunt work. We're going to keep two of you. And good news, you two don't have to do the grunt work anymore. Right. But one of you is going home. Right. Exactly. And, and, and like you glossed over like people do the whole. I'm a glosser. Universal income. Well, that would be the biggest shift in American history. Human history? Maybe human history on the planet. If all of a sudden the way life is structured is you get out of high school, although I don't know if you're not going to have a job, what's the argument for education at that point? Because whenever I talk to my kids, it's always about so you can have a job someday and support yourself. Well, if that's off the table, no, you get an income enough to support yourself. If you're content with that living. Right. There will always be the opportunity to excel and, you know, find opportunities. Um, Boy, but there, there, there's your uh, the most interesting human experiment in world history also. Oh, yeah. How many people are going to want to go above that? So I can not try it all. I can get by. I can play video games. I can surf my phone. Smoke pot. Smoke pot. Watch TV. Watch porn. Have a girlfriend. Have a boyfriend if I decide to do that. But most people don't anymore. Um and not work, or I can like really, really, really have to work a lot harder than that to have a little more, <sighs> or or I can live that uh, universal basic basic income lifestyle and commit the occasional crime to make more money easily. I'm not going to bust my ass to become a whatever is the job of the future. No, but I will break into people's houses and take their stuff. And that decision will not be made by. 45-year-olds with life experience No, or whether or not you want to put that effort in. Yeah. It'll be made by 18-year-olds. And I know what decision I may have made as an 18-year-old. Especially and, if I thought, well, I can play guitar or all the cool things I want to do. Speaking for the men folk, um, it's many, many a man has become a man because he does, doesn't want to let down his woman. And if he ain't got a woman... And have no interest in it. Yeah, you could become a permanent do-nothing slacker. So, you know, this is not... <laughs> I'm just... I'm picturing... And, and somebody has to picture this and think about it. How much a thousand dollars that's what's going to happen? I mean, that is the most likely... 
exactly. thing that's going to happen. That's why policymakers have to be thinking about this. But if you have a third of the population living the lifestyle we described, making enough money to be comfortable, they're probably going to be medicated. A huge percentage of uh, medical care already runs through the government. So we'll have socialized health care just completely. Um what are their lives going to be like? How will they relate to the productive members of society? How productive will those members of society be given the tax rates we will have to pay to sustain such a program? Yeah, exactly. And then we're France. Well, yeah. Except worse. Yeah, well, yeah. Not, it'll be a completely different level than what they have going on in France. Yeah. Wow, that is... I think the likely future. I mean, how does it not end up this way? Year to year, ending in March, there were 150,000 more unemployed white collar workers. Uh, that includes workers in professional services, management, computer occupations, engineering, and scientists. Chief exec of uh, uh, Kroger, the grocery giant, says, I can't think of any Cracker job. Kroger's. Uh, Sidewinding. Cracker Kroger's. Uh, he said, I can't think of any job where it's like AI by itself. I can think of lots of jobs that are being affected by AI. Uh, gaps in April, new round of corporate job cuts, Lyft told investor, investors this month that the ride-sharing company had cut the number of management layers from eight to five. Lyft said in April it would eliminate roughly a thousand white-collar jobs in its latest round of layoffs. The flattened corporate structure means Lyft can innovate faster. A robot brought me my sushi at the restaurant the other day. Are you making that up or seriously? I did. Really? Yeah. The robot. Robot. Somebody exclaimed, oh, my God. And I turned around and here comes the robot. It looks like R2-D2 with a flat head with yeah. the sushi on top of it. And it wheeled up next to the table. And I, I thought, well, I guess we take this off the robot's head. I don't know. There wasn't anybody around to tell me. So I took the sushi off the robot's head and set it on the table and went to eat. And the robot left. <laughs> Did every single person over the age of 40 say domo arigato, Mr. <laughs> Roboto, when they got their sushi? There's I nobody at the restaurant so. but me, which is how I like it. But You know, there's more to this. It's pretty interesting. Uh, we need to take a break. But um, again, I, I don't mean it to be depressing or scary or anything like that. But again, reality has to be your friend if you're going to live a successful life. Explain to me how this wouldn't happen. I can't even come up with a scenario. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. And no sidewinding, bushwhacking, horn-swoggling, crocker crocker <laughs> is going to roll away Christmas color. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe is scaring the bejesus out of everybody. That's his job today. Boogity, boogity, boogity. AI is not boogity boogity. Artificial intelligence is for real. It is going to change the world. It is going to be so much. It, you know, I didn't, I didn't appreciate the internet coming. What it was going to do to the world. This is, this is, this is going to be like that. Everything's going to be so different. You're going to talk about. It. Remember before artificial intelligence when we used to work or whatever. Well, I will represent the crowd briefly that says, hey, uh, Luddites have said this about every major technological change, that the, you know, the the cotton gin would wipe out the whatever. And, you know, the industrial revolution would put thousands out of work. But no, it just enabled more and more productivity. Not this time. Yeah. Well, I hope I live long enough to see the answer because... um, People who express that thought have always been right. Have they've always been right? But none of those things were the the cotton gin wasn't going to then turn itself into the other new job that got created, <laughs> right? Like right. AI can. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's such an interesting question, though. Uh, but I appreciate y'all weighing in. So, interestingly, one of the reasons, one of the other reasons that the white collar jobs are disappearing so quickly is that um, the higher interest rates pinching the economy used to squeeze industries uh, that were especially sensitive to rate changes like manufacturing and construction. But the economy has changed so much. It's so white-collar service-oriented, cubicle-oriented, that the Fed raises rates and softens the economy. Where is that going to show up? And the evidence is pointing to white-collar jobs, and they they go into some of the stats, but the point is a lot of them have disappeared. Um, meanwhile, companies are desperate, practically, to keep blue-collar employees, restaurant servers, warehouse workers, drivers, and the like. Ask anybody in HVAC or, or trucking right. or construction whether they're hiring. They'll say, why do you know somebody who wants a job? They're desperate. Uh, for C-suite executives under pressure from investors, that exposes middle managers and other white-collar workers to layoffs. Whole Foods, Walt Disney announced layoffs in recent weeks that largely hit corporate staff while sparing customer service jobs like grocery clerks and hourly theme park uh, attendants. Retail workers, including salespeople and cashiers, were among the most in-demand roles in the first quarter of the job. Meanwhile, their bosses were getting the sack. Companies realized they hired overhired in the middle, says Nick Bunker, an economist at Jobsite Indeed. They're pairing things back. Well, I think everybody... uh, private sector and public sector think there's too much middle management but only the private sector will do anything about it yeah good point Ugh. taxpayers will continue to support middle management in the public sector 
So what do you do as a 18, 28, 38-year-old looking at that sort of rapid change in the future? Boy, I don't know. That's a good Get question. a college degree, become a master plumber, learn to play the flute, know the basics of surgery, <laughs> computer coding, and kick field goals from outside 50 yards. Know your way around getting a catalytic converter out of a Honda Accord. Oh, look at it now. Careful. Yeah, God, I don't know. I don't even know what to tell my kids to plan for the future. It's going to be so different. I mean, they're young enough that things are going to be so different by the time they graduate high school. Right. Right. That's amazing. They will have jobs that are not invented yet. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. Crazy. Professor got fired for handing out those he, him bars with nuts and the she, her, or nutless. Mm. He's oh, really? Yeah. I want to hear that. Durham report came out. Do you know what that is? We'll talk about it. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped, and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It is, regardless, devastating to the FBI, and to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. That's CNN. That's Jake Tapper saying it. the Durham report that came out yesterday is devastating to the FBI. And uh, at least it should be devastating to the FBI. I think the story will be completely gone by tomorrow. Well, they put new, uh, you know, measures in place, Jack. You're not allowed to fake up FISA warrants or, or go on bizarre Russian-generated rumors and start investigations without evidence. The new guidelines in place. How about Comey going and briefing the president on something he knew was crap, or if he didn't know it, it's incompetence he should have known was crap? Oh, he knew it, yeah. 
and then able to let that leak out to the media so they could report on it. Here's John Bolton, former national security advisor to Trump, I guess. Mm hmm. And I think Durham hit it on the head when he said there was a predisposition to investigate Trump. I've had a lot of dealings with the FBI over many years, beginning back in the Reagan administration when I served at the Department of Justice. I think it's an outstanding institution. I think 99% of the people in the FBI are patriotic Americans, really salt of the earth. But there are a number of them over the years who think they walk on water. And I think a lot of those people were involved in the Hillary Clinton investigation in 2016 and in the Trump investigation. And I think what the IG and the Durham report show is that their power went to their head. And that is dangerous in an institution like the FBI. You can well, I think that is a very measured adult and terrific description. Well, like we've talked about for years, James Comey is the most... If if not for me, I'm the only thing standing between America falling apart and everything that is good, uh, or everything that is bad. Um, I'm I'm the protector of all. <sighs> he sees himself as godlike. Yeah, just nuts. Yes, yes, yes. And the fact that they could prove no bias or criminality among FBI agents. Okay, I believe that because it's hard to prove thought crimes. But Peter Strzok's texts. <laughs> He certainly had a bias. Oh, yeah. Well, he's guilty of being a crappy FBI agent, but that's not a crime. Right. He can be sanctioned, suspended. Oh, he's retired. Never mind. So he's beyond our grasp. Here's former prosecutor Andrew McCarthy, who writes for the National Review on his take on the Durham report. It really is a credit to Durham, I think, that he just lets the facts here sing for themselves. And I can't get past what they used to open this investigation. They, they used a report from Australian diplomats, and I just want to read a portion of it because it's mind-boggling. This is a, quoting George Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos also suggested the Trump team had received some kind of suggestion, a suggestion of a suggestion from Russia that it could assist in this process uh, of getting out uh, basically uncomplimentary information about the Clintons. Uh, a suggestion of a suggestion, which they, on the premise of that, and basically that alone, opened a full-blown counterintelligence investigation without running it by any allied intelligence services, without running it by any American intelligence services. It's mind-boggling. It's clear to me what happened, having done a deep dive recently through a podcast about what Bobby Kennedy was doing when he was running the Justice Department. Uh, the FBI, maybe it was, you know, combing a couple of people around him, just thought Trump is a bad guy. He's doing something bad. So if we can just tap the phones or follow enough people around or read their emails, we'll find something bad. And then nobody's going to care about how we got there. What's our pretext? What's our excuse? Well, you got that whole somebody suggested Russia could help thing. All right, let's run with that. And then then it gets truly despicable. Well, uh, Hillary's people came up with some crazy oppo research stuff from a bunch of Russians about hookers peeing on a bed. Is that good enough to start an investigation? No. No, it can't be. Yeah, I think it is. Let's do it. Wow. Yeah, play play 37. This is Jonathan Turley, the law professor. 
What, what Durham shows is how this stuff ended up in the report. That salacious hotel matter that you raised, it turned out that the person that supposedly gathered that, and none of them have a clear recollection where it came from, went and told it to Steele, and according to the report, three days later it was put into the report. That's how fast on the trigger it was, and the report details how people like Mark Elias and others at the campaign were pushing this press campaign to get this out there. They made the, the craziest stuff about trump got it into the report that comey presented to trump so fast yeah yeah with nothing to back it up at all no he just wanted to say it because him briefing the president was newsworthy and he could leak it and yeah. give everybody an excuse to print this because remember remember the steel dossier was such garbage nobody would 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 play it nobody would print it rather but the president being briefed on it, that was the hook that they needed. So I was watching, uh, I think, MSNBC yesterday, and they used the example of, uh, and the the FBI was concerned by many of Trump's statements, including this one, and they played the clip of Trump, which you might remember of him saying that, hey, Russia, if you're listening, take a look at Hillary's 30,000 emails. And if and they, the FBI actually thought that was him colluding with Trump. Anybody who said that over the years, I've thought is crazy. Right. It's clearly a comedy routine. It wasn't him communicating with Russia. Right. Right. Sarcasm, clearly. That's hey, I, so I, I want to kick Comey a little more. Okay. Can we play uh, 35? This is Brett Baer and James Comey from, uh, what was this, like a year and a half ago? Mm-hmm. So the story of that briefing leaks out almost immediately after you do it. CNN and others run the story of this unverified dossier. Did did you or your subordinates leak that? No. Did James Clapper? No, not to my knowledge. John, no. John Brennan? I, I don't know who leaked it. I had no part in any leaking of it. It was did about ever, four or five days later that it leaked. But I remember because President-elect called me about it. Did you ever try to find out? Who leaked an unclassified public document? No. Did you inform the president-elect at the time what you knew about how it was funded or who was behind it? No, I did not. Uh, did you inform him that Christopher Steele had been fired by the FBI? No. Or that he had lied? No, and I didn't know those things at that time anyway. And then Jonathan Turley's comment, 36. Well, it looks like a grifter working a mark. I mean, because this is for, just to put this in context, he did leak material. We know that for sure. When he was fired, he gave it material to a, a friend who, who gave that information to the, to the press. So the whole interview just seems almost Fellini-esque to watch. Did you, did you leak it? Or, you know, whatever the question was, did I leak a uh, unclassified public document? No. Yeah, but you gave everybody an excuse to print it, you lying dog. Yeah. And we'll never know. Uh, I mean, Trump is Trump, and we all know his uh, his weaknesses and things he's done and all that sort of stuff. But we'll never know what his presidency would have been like if it hadn't been the entire time from the election until he was even inaugurated and then throughout his term defending against this nonsense. I think that's an excellent point. Because he's a guy who can't pass up a fight, and he was in a completely unfair, fixed fight, like the entire time. God, and years into this, Adam Schiff read the Steele report. There sitting in his chair in one of the committee hearings. I want to read this into the congressional record. 
Well, now we're years into knowing it's crap. Right. Bob Woodward said this was a garbage document from the beginning. Yeah. That's just unbelievable that that happened. My scathing takeaway. Adam just Schiff, a moment. who might be senator, a U.S. senator from California soon. Boy, Got the that... smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. <laughs> would that be the straw of stupidity that breaks Cal Unicornia's back? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, a quick word from our friends at HelloFresh and then my scathing takeaway. Oh, my God. Joe's ST. Prepare to be scathed. So... The spring is here. Flavors in bloom at HelloFresh. Enjoy the taste of spring with chef-crafted recipes featuring ripe seasonal ingredients. HelloFresh makes dinnertime a snap with delicious recipes and pre-portioned ingredients delivered to your door for less money than takeout. Anybody picky in your family? Your kids? My son is a super taster. Have I mentioned that? He took the test at school. He's actually a super taster. Does he wear a cape? <laughs> With HelloFresh, it's, it's okay to be picky. From fit and wholesome and family-friendly to pescatarian, that's fish, and veggie, they have the meal plan that suits your unique lifestyle. And if you want to celebrate Asian American Pacific Island Heritage Month with a bunch of Asian-type recipes, they have fabulous recipes designed by chefs at some of the top restaurants in America. It's fresh, made-at-home food but it's delivered to your door all measured out and everything. It's so great. We love it. You're going to love it. Get 16 free meals plus free shipping with the code Armstrong16 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong16. Remember the code Armstrong16 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong16. Do you know they do that now? What's they, that? They test kids. Like, I don't think I was. my. I found out my son was uh, colorblind because they tested him in school. I don't think I got tested. For is there a genetic school. component to that since you are? My dad is very colorblind. Huh. Um, I'm colorblind and Sam is. So there, there must be. Uh, Maybe and, you're just not trying hard enough. Have you thought about that? But also, uh, he's a super taster. Mm. Which, if you're a super taster, some tastes that are okay or even good for regular people are bad for super tasters. Yeah. And, and as a child, it's even worse. Yeah. Because we're designed to have sensitive palates as children. Because you can't take eating something poisonous as a kid. It would kill you. Whereas an adult, you'd get over it because you're so small. It's really a, a wonder of either God's design or evolution or whatever. The histrionics he goes through if he has to try broccoli or something like oh, yeah. that. It's just, it's unbelievable. Oh, I, But I, I don't know what it tastes like to him. Yeah. I remember as a kid, my parents thought it was histrionics too. That, uh, But I would take a mouthful of like overcooked spinach or peas or something, and I would vomit. It tasted so terrible. Wow. Yeah. Well, I got to keep that in mind. I mean, I don't, uh, I haven't like made him eat more than a little bit of it, but uh, yeah, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. How do you fix the broccoli? I don't know. However, the uh, restaurant or the oh. grocery store made it. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not much of a cook. Uh Lightly steamed, a little ranch dressing. Mm. Anyway, uh, where was I? Ah, the scathing takeaway. So, uh, it's just obvious. It's it's not even worth pointing out that certain people within the FBI and the DOJ hated Trump, thought he was dangerous, bad candidate, whatever, and chucked aside all the oaths they'd made and the ethics of their, their job. Oath chuckers! Because they thought, well, it's important enough to the country to keep Trump out of office. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite openly uh, a great fan of the judges and many of the policies. I think Trump is the wrong messenger. But having said that, 
if you're going to do all those things we've been discussing to keep Trump out of office, be enough of a patriot, have enough spine and balls that you come out and say, here's what I did and here's why I did it. And I'm standing by it. I did what I thought was right. No, instead, they betrayed these oaths and ethical you know, limitations and the rest of it. And then when people called them on it, they scurried into the woodwork and denied that they did it at all. If your goals were so noble, why aren't you standing by them? That's well, probably because you want your pension and your reputation and be at the cocktail parties and the rest of it. But I suppose you'd be admitting to a crime would be one reason, huh? Hmm, I don't know enough about it. It might just be ethics violations as opposed to, you know, crim- stuff that violates the criminal code. Mm. Um, but I don't. Some of it probably would come to think of it, you know, faking up FISA warrants and stuff. Well, that's the only person that's actually gotten any legal trouble is that one FBI agent who faked up the one letter so that they could get the FISA court to right. approve it. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis, this is interesting, the main rival to Donald Trump tweeted this out yesterday. The Durham report confirmed what we already knew. Weaponized federal agencies manufactured a false conspiracy theory about Trump-Russia collusion. Reminds us the need to clean house at these agencies, and they've never been held accountable for this egregious abuse of power. That's smart. That is a good idea. Yeah. Since he doesn't want to alienate Trump voters. Um, much more on the way. Stay here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Businessweek, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everything is in context. My mother used to, she would give us a hard time sometimes and she would say to us, I don't know what's wrong with you young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? (laughs) You exist in the context. 
Of all in which you live and what came before you. Of all in which you live and what came before you. That, that's not the right clip, Michael. Did you just play that purely to mock the vice president? Because I'm not having that. No, it's the right clip. <laughs> wow. It still stuns, and I've heard it <laughs> ten times. It still stuns. I don't know what's wrong with you young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? <laughs> Good gracious. All right, let's play the current Kamala clip, 56. You know, I hear that everything in the last couple of days is going rather smoothly, given what the concerns were. And the bottom line, however, is that the issue of immigration falls squarely within the responsibility of the United States Congress. There you go. Well, then how come presidents keep changing policy with executive orders? Well, because Congress hasn't acted. But Oh, right. So that is uh, that has been lost in this conversation in the last week or so. Congress could have... Not extended 42 because that was specifically about COVID, but passed a law that was the same thing if they wanted to, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. Right. At any point during the Trump administration or the Biden administration. Speaking of Kamala, hit me with Pete Ducey in 52. Addressing root causes of migration was something the vice president was tasked with doing. She's the most qualified person to do it. Two years later, she didn't publicly address Title 42's end. Vice President Harris has led uh, an extraordinary effort to address the root causes of why people flee their homes. Wow. Wow. if she's done anything? And this is not just her. This is classic vice president stuff. Vice presidents are regularly given titles or tasks and they don't do anything and i'm not exaggerating having read the lyndon johnson books when Mm -hmm. he was the vice president do nothing wake up and check on the health of the president they tell you you're in charge of whatever but they don't give you any uh budget or staff or anything and you just don't do anything right right sounds like you know i hear that everything in the last couple of days is going rather smoothly okay Nice. Uh, give me uh, Alejandra Mayuseless and Chip Roy of Texas back to back 53-54. The United States Border Patrol has seen an approximately 50% drop in the number of people encountered at our southern border. The only reason that you don't have complete chaos at the border is because Texas is standing in the gap. Texas DPS are the ones that are sitting at the border with razor wire, turning people away from those parts of the border. So is that the explanation for why the numbers dropped in half? Texas stepped up? You know, I like Chip Roy. He's uh, he's a really remarkable guy. I, I don't know that that's true. I suspect there's a fair amount of truth to it since he said it. Um, but I don't know. The border uh, is <laughs> secure. That's what I've noticed. I'm loving how uh, some of the sanctuary city and state people are now suing the federal government or threatening to for sending immigrants to their lands to their uh, their cities i think it's crazy got a couple emails on the topic one saying uh ship them to mayorkas neighborhood uh, the other was saying um what'd they say i can't even remember oh oh somebody i think it was uh jt and livermore said send them to purple states well, you're not going to win the blue states by demonstrating what a terrible situation the immigration thing is. The, the gap is just too big. Send them to the purple states and sway some moderate voters uh, to the Republican side of things. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. Of course, the Republicans are flaming hypocrites about immigration, too. Uh, 
Here's a professor in California. He handed out the Jeremy's uh, chocolate bars. The she, her bar is nutless. And the he, him bar has nuts. (laughs) I get it. And he's been suspended. He's a gay fella, too. Oh, really? Yeah. He's been suspended. Probably an unsafe environment or something. Uh, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow. We do four hours every day. If you don't get every hour or hear every hour, you can through the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.